Welcome to the conversation. This podcast is produced by QSource as part of Medicare's quality improvement organization efforts to share information, educate clinical staff, and encourage improvement through best practices. Each episode discusses a topic that is timely and applicable to you, your staff, and your patients. In this episode, the conversation is about men's health and exploring the stigmas and reasons why men don't commonly seek preventative healthcare screenings. Quality Improvement Specialist Don Gettinger leads a conversation with Carmen Fortney and Brock Turner, both Health and Human Services Educators for Purdue University Cooperative Extension. Now, let's get this conversation started. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast produced by QSource. It's our conversation podcast series, and our topic today is men's health and the importance of checkups and preventive health screening. I'm joined today by two speakers, Carmen Fortney, and she is the health and human sciences educator for Purdue Extension in Jasper County. She educates members of her community in the topics of family, food, health, and money. And Carmen joined the Purdue Extension team in October of 2020. Before that, she spent five years at Illinois Extension as a SNAP-Ed community worker. Her background is in public health, giving her the unique opportunity to create and implement educational experiences that fit the needs of her community. Our other speaker today is Brock Turner. Brock is the Health and Human Science Educator for Purdue University Extension in New County, and he loves bringing health-related education to all people in the community. He's a certified health education specialist with graduate degrees in both public health and health education. As a Bachelor of Science in Health and Wellness degree, combined with a NFPT certified personal trainer, helped guide his goals to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Welcome, both Brock and Carmen. First, we just want to talk about why is it important to talk about men's health? What makes that important to, to really set that aside? Carmen, we'll start with you. Statistically, men don't go to the doctor and we don't know if it's because of some type of machoism or pride or they just want to put their families first or, you know just not thinking that it's not important but in fact it really is i was kind of looking up some information on it just you know to kind of for my own out of my own curiosity and in talking about their own health only about 7% of men are likely to talk about it in just a general conversation. They would much rather talk about current events, work, or sports over their health. And we see all too often men being defeated, for lack of a better term, by conditions that are 100% preventable or even delayable. Brock, what else can you say about the importance of talking about men's health? Well, Don, I love having an opportunity to come in here and talk about the importance of men, men's health because I am uh, a man and I have gone through these statistics. I, uh, part of those statistics, the 7% that may not want to talk about their health. And so I love getting an opportunity to come in and maybe share some stories to help destigmatize some of the perceptions we have when it comes to men's health as a man, what we might be able to do to improve our health overall, because it is important and not talking about our health is of concern. Thank you, Brock. Both of you mentioned 
stigmas and some of the perceptions men have around checkups and preventive health screenings, things that might prevent them from coming. Why don't we dig into that a little bit more? I know I've been part of that, that statistic as well. I think I went through a three-year period where I didn't say hi to my doctor and she barely remembered me. Carmen, you said you've been doing some research. What are the reasons that men tend to not go to the doctor? Personal reasons, so it may not necessarily be the same across the board. And then as far as the stigma goes, definitely like the quality of care for some populations, not necessarily all. Not thinking that it's important, you know, thinking that like work is more important. You know, if they're in a doctor or in time off work to go to the doctor, that's money out of their pocket. That's money out of their kids' mouths. Prioritizing family, their wife, their spouse, their children over themselves. And then sometimes it's not even having insurance, especially if they are a business owner or a small business owner, they may not have the insurance. So if they don't have insurance, they're not going to the doctor because now that's a high bill. Yeah, those are just some of the, I'm sure, many reasons why. Like you might have some things to add to that. When we think about stigmas and we think about reasons why maybe being truthful when they do go to the doctor or even discussing their health in general, um, sometimes we think about stigmas and then we also think about actual realities of why they may not go. And so money uh, is a reality why we may not go. Maybe not necessarily a stigma, but fear um, and, and dist- or distrust in a care system, the, their manliness. Those are kind of more of the stigmas that we may be thinking about. Uh, and so those, in addition to things like realities, money, uh, as Carmen had mentioned, where we discuss what are our needs versus what are our wants. So we need to feed our children or pay for the rent or you know have water in the house versus we want to go to the doctor to make sure that we're healthy. How do we make those decisions? And then access to care, that's also realities. Do we have time off work? Do we have transportation? Do we have support? networks that can watch our children while we do a four-hour medical appointment. So those are kind of realities. And then there are things like the fear that if we go as men and we go to the doctor, we may be diagnosed with something that is serious. So that's more of into those fears of why we may not go to a doctor is because we don't want to think that the next step is something worse than just a stomach ache, something worse than a sore throat, something worse than a back pain. We want to just think from ourselves that we can work through this, where it goes into that manliness of stigmas that we are strong and we're able to overcome a lot in our lives. And physical pain is one of those things that as men, we can overcome. And so those are kind of the stigmas and the distrust and care systems whether we think that or have witnessed or heard in the past things, a doctor, possibly a physician saying one thing and then get a second opinion where there's another thing said. And now we have conflicting information, which in the healthcare system can happen or new information comes to light that changes our perceptions and that can create a distrust in a care system. So whenever we think about stigmas, really, and why men don't go, sometimes it's not just a stigma associated with it. That definitely plays a role, but sometimes there are realities into that system as well. And so the stigmas, I think, really fall into why men don't go and why maybe men aren't necessarily honest when they do go. Um, I actually pulled a 
survey that kind of surveyed a thousand plus men and and only one in five said that they were even honest with their doctors when they went to see their doctors. So not only are half of men going, but when they do go, only 20% are even honest with me, with what's going on. And so that kind of, I think, goes into our possible distrust in care systems or our manliness that, yeah, that back pain really wasn't that bad and I can overcome it. And that really leads into, you know, a personal story. If we have time, I can share a personal story. I was one of those men who can overcome pain and for a while had a, what I called a muscle spasm that would send me kind of to the ground to all my hands and knees and was a pain, but it would go away after a couple minutes. And this lasted for quite a long time. And it would happen when I would become really dehydrated. If I was outside doing a lot of yard work and things like that, and I would come in and I would say, oh, I have a cramp in my in my back. Well, eventually my wife convinced me to seek attention for this and went and had the honest conversation. And this had gone on for almost a year with a doctor and was prescribed to go get an x-ray in my back. And it turned out I was actually had large kidney stones. And so a long time to go with pain associated with your kidneys when it probably could have been addressed much earlier than what I had done. So because of that stigma of I am manly and I probably can just work through this and it's only a, a pain that happens every once in a while and not being truthful whenever you went to the doctor, you know, initially of, yeah, I'm experiencing some pain, but I can work through it. It's it's not that bad. It's a good story because it, it brings up a topic that delaying going to the doctor and not talking to the doctor about our symptoms can have some serious negative health outcomes and lead to things that could be preventable or things that we could take care of. What are some of the negative health outcomes we see from delayed treatment? I'm just going to piggyback off of Brock's example, his story. What if his kidney stones was worse? What if it was renal failure? You know, and so going a whole year, those are some of the negative outcomes that we can see. So ignoring that lower back pain, it could have been anything. It could have been something with his spine that could have put him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. It could have been, like I said before, renal failure. And just even using other conditions, if you notice that you're using a bathroom more, you don't want to ignore that because that could be diabetes. Diabetes untreated leads to death. There's no way around it. If you have tingling in your arm or you're tired all the time, even better, a toothache. If you have a toothache and you never get it checked out, it could be something with your heart. A lot of people don't know that your mouth is connected to your heart, but it truly is. And honestly, I myself didn't even know that until one time I went to the dentist and you filled out that questionnaire and it asks you, do you have heart problems? It correlates to two. Those are just some of the negative outcomes. Like at the end of the day, if you're not getting these preventative treatments, you can end up with disease that can be prevented and ultimately with your death. Thank you, Carmen. So a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are, are part of the healthcare community. What can we as that healthcare community do to help reduce stigma and decrease some of the reasons that men are hesitant to seek professional medical help? There are a multitude of ways we can address stigmas and help promote the usage 
of services for men's health. Me being a health educator, I tend to lean towards the health education side, but there are different ways to influence healthy behavior that can include policies or work environments and just a multitude of different ways that we can kind of influence that. But as an educator, I always like to think about what convinces us to go to the doctor and, and at what point do we need to meet people? And so I always think back to the stages of change and areas like pre-contemplation because just because they're men does not mean that they aren't thinking about going to the doctor or not preparing or not already in a process, how do we meet each person on those on those levels and continue to influence them to go? And so if somebody is not even thinking about going to the doctor, we have to do things like provide information about the importance and try and provide motivators on why they should, such as you know education. And again, as an educator, highlighting things such as lifespan and healthy uh, life associated possibly with finances and things like that. And for those that are thinking about going, I really encourage building kind of that self-value. So the importance they're thinking about, yeah, I should probably schedule my doctor's appointment this year and I haven't done it yet for my annual checkup. And maybe actually, you know, it's been two or three years. How do we build self-value for that individual to motivate them to follow through and go through that preparation and action phase. And whenever they're in that action phase, how do we uh, ensure that they're going to move into that maintenance where they're continually doing that? And so in physician offices and things like that, scheduling appointments year after year, I know has been a push to book. I know I go to the dentist and before I leave the dentist's office, they have already booked my next six month appointment before I've walked out. And so usually if we can book things out well in advance, keep those communication lines open, those are really great ways to improve our attendance, I guess, as men to the doctor. But I did find a few marketing ways that were pretty interesting ways to maybe try and facilitate more men into the doctor's office. And one of the ways that I thought was interesting was to design facilities with a man cave type of comfort. So I was actually just in the doctor's office for my youngest son. And what was on TV, I think, was was the view. It was, you know, a morning appointment. And so if you're a man going into the doctor's office, maybe there's some areas that are just for you. And I have two young children who go to pediatricians and their facility have action figures and games and blocks and fish tanks. And it is very inviting for young children. Similar setups for men could lead to more appointments as well. And then even convenience, making things um, easy, whether it be scheduling the appointment while someone's there, their follow-up appointments, turning on telehealth options, marketing to possibly spouses is also another, another way to influence that use of care. And then even, which I have not seen healthcare in hardware sections was an option. If you think CVS has pharmacies, and I will admit my wife shops at CVS more than I do, and I shop at the hardware store more than she does. If there is healthcare in, in CVS, why could healthcare not be in other locations? So those are a couple, couple ways that we as 
not necessarily just healthcare community, but community in general can can try and uh, influence some of those uses. Thank you, bro. From the professional side, just a lot of promotion, but we have to get creative in the promotion. So just how Brock was talking about having the health, like whether it's a blood pressure machine or whatever in a hardware store, when we have these health fairs, entice men to come. There's always giveaways when you go to these health fairs, but they're usually something like ink pens or a stress ball or a notepad or something like that, right? Men don't want that, right? Entice men to come. Like maybe there's a wrench set. Maybe there's a door prize of something really nice, um, like a car emergency kit, something that can actually go for both genders so that everyone is going to these health fairs. And then maybe even having these health fairs more often. Like I know in my area, we tend to have a health fair during the county fair. Unfortunately, this year, that's not going to be happening. So now that's a whole population of men in my county that's not going to be seen for a simple screen. You know, having a backup plan. So whether it's just the extension offices or if it's just the hospital or we're all coming together to do something, just kind of promote it. Um, I think that can also help to get men into seeing the doctors and then also being nice. I know me as a woman, I don't want someone being rude to me. And I would assume that men definitely don't want someone being rude to them. And if it happens, they're done with that person. Like you're not going to go back to that place. We have professional, nice, warm people working in these places, then maybe, just maybe, we can get men to return. Both of you had some good ideas on what we can do to, to get men seeking medical help. We're going to take a short break here to hear a message from one of our healthcare partners, and then we'll be right back. We know that eating right and exercising are good for our bodies. Making healthy choices can be easy if you remember these numbers. Five, two, one, zero. That's five as in five servings of fruits and vegetables, two as in two hours or less of screen time, one hour of physical activity, and zero for zero sugary drinks. Choose water, put down your screen, take a walk, and increase your fruits and vegetables. Taking care of your body is as easy as 5210. Visit jumpinforhealthykids.org for more tips and tools. Welcome back to the Conversation Podcast. We're talking with Carmen Fortney and Brock Turner about men's health and why we need to concentrate on, on making sure that we're getting screenings and care done for men, what we can do to overcome stigmas. Carmen, you were talking a little bit about getting some of those preventive screenings done at health fairs and other things. I think it's important maybe we can list out what are some of the screenings that are important for men to get? There's quite a few um, that's really important, but the most important ones are definitely your blood pressure. And that can be done anytime, anywhere. You don't have to wait for a doctor's appointment, although those will be done every time you go to the doctor. Usually, like the CVS or the Walgreens or even Walmart have where you can go and get your blood pressure checks. I know some of the stores have the machines, which may not always be accurate, but you can also ask the pharmacist to do a check as well, and they will use their machine. Or some may even use the, um, the manual. Urine analysis are actually very important as well, and those are done at your routine doctor's appointment, but they're so important because they help pick up and or rule out so many different health conditions and also your blood tests. For me, a big one is mental health. In the past couple of years alone, mental health has really just become 
such a huge concern. And so when you go to the doctor, they're asking you these questions to kind of help gauge your mental health. And then even just do like your standard physical, getting these standard physicals done there, it's once a year. Once a year you go in, they're gonna run your lab work, your blood test, everything's gonna be done. That's gonna help rule out any signs of cancer, any signs of other disease. If it's picked up and it's caught early enough, you have a higher chance of survival. So just getting some of these screenings done can just kind of really help prevent a lot of other things. So a lot of those simple tests that can be done. Brock, are there some other tests that maybe are more age specific? So there are some age specifics. I apologize, but I want to highlight a specific test only because it was is personal to me. But Carmen listed a lot of great preventative health screenings, but one that I think is important because I have gone through it personally is being open with doctor about sleep. It's one that sometimes we push off, and especially in our society, is not being relatively important, but sleep is very important. It's associated with, with the blood pressure. It's associated with overall health. It's associated with obesity and even mental health as well. So I always encourage everyone now to you know discuss their sleep with their doctor. I, again, will share a little story my wife had told me for a couple of years that maybe my snoring was getting a little louder and louder. And I said, I don't hear anything because I'm asleep. I felt rested. I felt a little tired, but at the time I was in graduate school, I worked full time. I had two young kids. We were supposed to be tired. Not until I went to the dentist where the dentist actually asked if I was diagnosed with sleep apnea, did I actually consider and take it to heart that maybe I should mention this to my doctor? So at that time, I had a physical scheduled, mentioned something to my doctor. It was a very easy process to go through a sleep study and be fitted with a CPAP machine, which, again, as a man, carries certain stigmas that maybe I was not happy to be associated with, but after my first night of real sleep in what must have been a long time, I realized how important that is to my physical health and mental health. And so I always like to say preventative screenings or being open and honest that sleep is associated with health and behaviors um, as much as blood pressure and stress and things like that, that can impact our overall health. So just a little personal story there. No, that's very clear. And I know there's been a lot of information that our sleep affects our metabolic health. So it can lead to things like diabetes or even blood pressure issues. So sleep is definitely connected there. We were talking about some of the things that the other screenings that men should get and maybe specific to to age-based screenings. I know for one, colon cancer screening is something that comes up. What age should men start to get that screening and maybe some other screenings related to age? So with colon cancer and also prostate cancer, you want to start getting those screenings at 45. With prostate cancer, some people can do 50, but African-Americans really should be starting at 45. And then if you have a high risk family history, primary family history, so you know your brother, your dad, your uncle, your grandpa, if they all have had these cancers, they want to talk to your doctor about getting your screenings much sooner. And then one thing that I actually learned 
because I've always thought that testicular cancer was something that you had to start screening for around 13, 14. But there actually is not a recommendation for that right now. I don't know if prevalence of testicular cancer has decreased. So there actually is not a recommendation for that right now. But definitely colon and prostate cancer, 40, 45, 50. What are some of the outcomes that we're hoping that healthcare providers and others listening to this get from the podcast today? Are there some things that you really want to get the message out about? There are definitely important things that we want to have happen. Hopefully, it will increase awareness for the importance of getting at minimum wellness checkups uh, with a primary care physician. I hope that we increase our awareness to market or educate loved ones on their ability to influence men's health, because that's very important that we do start to identify our age-specific screenings with our physicians. So when we go to the doctor, we have those honest conversations and we can schedule our preventative screenings. And we know those screenings as well as we know the vehicle maintenance checkups that we have. So we know whenever the oil is due to be changed. We know when the tires are due to be rotated. We know whenever the brakes need replaced. We understand those things with our vehicles. And if we as men can possibly promote our health in a way that is uh, maintenance to promote longevity and an investment into ourselves uh, and our future and our family's future, to have those types of conversations and feel comfortable in talking about our health in that kind of way that maybe associates with men who are hesitant to be screened. And to have those conversations and to hopefully people will understand that as men, if others are coming to us, that we are not turning them away, that we are open and listening. It took me, I'll be honest, a while to to understand and grasp that concept as somebody who was, you know, a, a man or an athlete or thought you can overcome and, and carried some of those stigmas with me that your loved ones, your friends, your coworkers, if they are coming to you with concerns that it is very difficult for them at times to have that conversation and they have not started that conversation on a whim. They've probably done research and thought about this and how to address it with you. And so to please take them seriously. And if we can continue those conversations as healthcare educators or within that system, that that's important. And hopefully also that people are aware of Purdue Extension and our ability to educate on areas that are associated with diabetes or heart health or a a variety of other focused wellness programming that we can impact and we're working across the state to do so, the health and uh, wellness for everybody in the state of Indiana. And you're in Tippecanoe County and Carmen, you're in, in Jasper County. There is a Purdue Extension office in, I think, every county in the state. Isn't that correct? Yes. Are there other things you want to make sure that, that we want to get out there, Carmen, that we get the message across about? I feel like it's important for everyone to know that it is okay to go back and forth in these stages of change. You know, a lot of times we, in general, as people in general, and I'm sure men definitely, if we fail at something or what we perceive as failure or something, we're not going to do it again or we're going to give up or say, what's the use? I can't do it, but it's okay. 
as long as you're past that pre-contemplation stage and you're at least thinking about it, at least now you have an awareness. There is something that can be done. There's something that needs to be done. And if you keep going back and forth between contemplation and action, that's okay. That's okay. Just keep thinking about it and just get back on the horse. And so I feel like if, if that is known, then men won't necessarily give up or push it to the back burner as if it's not important because it's all important. If you find anything in your body that's not right, get it checked out. You would much rather be labeled a hypochondriac than to find out that you have stage four cancer because you ignored a bump. Talk with your HR department. A lot of jobs tend to have some kind of an initiative program to be healthy. So I know at our job, we have what is called Healthy Boilermaker. And it's an incentive program for us to go to the doctors and get our checkups. And there are prizes that we can get just for going to the doctor. Like how, you know, simple is that? Just go to the doctor, get a prize. So just doing something like that. Um, So checking with your HR department to see if your job has that. And if they don't, maybe suggest it. Thank you both. We're coming to the end of our conversation. So I wanted to thank you for for participating in this conversation podcast, sharing this information about men's health. I think it's really important to get the word out that we need to take some extra effort to make sure we're reaching this part of our population that oftentimes um, avoids medical treatment. And we do some of these basic screenings, get testing done, and just make regular visits to our doctors. Thank you for the opportunity to come in and speak. We are not physicians, so I do encourage people to, if they are considering that, go see their primary care provider. We are educators. We are here to provide that information. There are a lot of ways that the healthcare system can work to improve men's health, health in general, health across the state. Um, And we appreciate the efforts that so many people do, whether it be in public health, primary care, mental health, all these areas that are working just to improve those little bits of health wherever space they work in because our health is a result of a multitude of situations and dimensions that impact us and and can impact our families as well. So as educators, if you have questions, if you feel that you want to reach out or attend Purdue Extension Programming or talk to your health and human science educator, please feel free. There is one in your county and you can find them at their extension office. And so I just wanted to say thank you again and appreciate the opportunity to come and and speak on men's health and share uh, some insight and personal stories with everyone here today. Yes, likewise. Thank you for the opportunity to come out and just spread some information. Hopefully um, we are able to help someone. Hopefully we see an uptick in men going to the doctor, especially in the month of June, which is Men's Health Month. Again, like Brock said, if there are any questions, feel free to Call your extension offices. There is definitely one in every county of the state. We also have Facebook pages, so you can reach out to us on Facebook and our website, which is extension.purdue.edu. Thank you for the opportunity, and man, take care of your vehicles. And that is definitely a play on words to when Brock was talking about your cars. Your bodies are also your vehicles. Wonderful. I think I'm about to head to my doctor soon, just from hearing this conversation. I want to thank all of our listeners as well as Carmen and Brock for being with us today and being part of the Conversation Podcast. Have a great day. Come back again. Thank you for joining the conversation. 
If you found this conversation of interest, we encourage you to join the conversation by visiting us online at qsource.org slash conversation podcast. The conversation was produced by QSource, the Quality Innovation Network Quality Improvement Organization for Indiana, under a contract with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Content does not necessarily reflect CMS policy.